We here at Four Finger Discount love the spooky season, and to celebrate, we're offering our loyal listeners an amazing Halloween special. Woohoo! For the next 10 days, you guys can get access to our Guy on Springfield review of Trias of Horror 6, my personal favourite. Do not touch Willy. Good advice. The latest episode of Tales of Futurama. Single female lawyer having lots of sex. Our movie guys review of The Truman Show. In case I don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. The Guy and Dando commentary of the Simpsons movie, as well as lifetime access to our incredible Four Finger Discount Facebook community. Yes, yes, oh God, yes! And you can do so by just being a $1 supporter of Four Finger Discount on Patreon. Just one single dollar we do to support the show, and you'll get access to hours of bonus podcasts. So go on, support your pals Guy and Dando, and join the Four Finger Discount Patreon family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. They'll buy anything. If you hand over the concert hall to me, I'll assume the debt, and all of your problems will disappear. The building is yours. Excellent. (gasps) He's turned it into a prison! Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where every plan starts with a crumpled piece of paper. This week we are here to review episode GABF08. It is the Seven Beer Snitch. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Dando, how you doing there, brother? Not doing well, my friend. Not doing well. This is the most unwell I've been in a long time. So, it started last week. I started getting a cough. I usually get coughs because the kids go to daycare. They bring home everything, right? Had a bit of a cough, and I still haven't got rid of it. Still coughing up everything. I've co- my body's just trying to get everything out of its system. So I'm cough, 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 cough. Then I got a head cold. So my nose was blocked. Just your know, typical head cold. And it's not COVID. I've done rat tests, not COVID. Typical head Phew. cold symptoms. Yeah. Um, just, yeah just, just all blocked up in every possible way. And then Holly's just decided she's not going to sleep day or night at the moment. So we're both very run down. Nicola and I, and he would have seen in the Patreon group on the weekend, or maybe no, it would have been last week, that I had a mouthful of ulcers because my body was just knackered, worn out, over, the, over, mm. just no sleep, no sleep because of Holly. So Nicola thought, oh, well, I'll give you some ulcer cream to put on your tongue. Like, okay. So I put this ulcer, ulcer cream on my tongue. Then all of a sudden, I started getting really unwell. I'm talking sweats, fever. Felt like I had to throw up. My mouth felt like it was on fire, blah, blah, blah. Nicola gave me mouth cream that was two to three years out of date. So that's given me oh. a mouth infection. So now I can't taste. I can't mm-hmm. smell. I Every time I eat something, it feels like the sensation like I'm eating a ball, a mouthful of cotton balls. I have a head cold. I have just everything wrong with me at the moment, but I'm powering through. Yet... <laughs> You're still co-hosting this episode of Four Finger Discount for all our friends and listeners out there. Oh, talk about above and beyond props to Brendan Dando. What a man. So apologies, listeners, if I sound under the weather and I'm not on my A game this week. And if this episode is not as long as it normally is because I can't talk for long periods of time because I just lose my voice because my voice is just, my throat is knackered from all the coughing. But I woke up this morning, right, looked in the mirror, my whole top lip was just red from dry blood. So, my lips have split. Oh, my God. So, now it hurts to talk. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what this means. It's guy's time to shine. Yes, it certainly is. Let's just hope <laughs> it, it doesn't stink. Well, I'll, I'll certainly do my best. Uh, because you're not alone in having uh, a dirty, great uh, ulcer in your mouth. You're, you're, you're at a mouth full of ulcers. I just had one really big one. Sorry for this disgusting medical talk, listeners. You probably don't want to hear about the inner machinations of Dando's and I's mouths. But last week, I was enjoying a very tasty chicken sandwich, which uh, had chicken and walnut in it. You know how, you know, sometimes you'll mix up uh, chicken and mayonnaise and walnuts and all manner of nice things to put in your sandwich. I bought this one from a place, took a bite into it, and a little later I was like, oh, that's a crunchy walnut. Hey, wait a minute. One of my back teeth feels less than it was. Oh, no. Yeah, it turns out I'd broken up a nice chunk off one of my back teeth uh, during the process of eating this chicken and walnut sandwich. So, but then... Did you eat the tooth, the part of the tooth? I think I must have because... Oh, jeez. 
Yeah, I know. That's somewhere in my system right now. Mm. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go through my poo to try and find it. <laughs> just fucking, what's a name from um, Ali Sattler style? Just gloves. Yes, exactly. That's a big pile of shit. Um, <laughs> and to add insult to injury, or to add injury to insult, uh, the bottom of my tongue sort of scraped the little jagged part of that broken tooth. Oh, it's the worst, isn't it? And gave me a terrible, terrible fingernail size ulcer on the bottom of my tongue, which of course is rubbing up against everything. You're constantly touching the, your teeth because I've got I've got them on my tongue as well, and it just constantly touches your teeth. It's so sore. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was just unpleasant company all weekend because I had a um, uh, a family dinner with the lovely Louise's um, uh, family. Uh, on Saturday night, and I'm trying to sit there and enjoy this lovely occasion, this nice uh, eatery, and I'm just like, it's like someone's holding a fucking lit match to the base of my tongue. <laughs> just as the ulcer in my mouth is starting to heal, but it's still a little bit unpleasant, um, I did that wonderful middle-aged thing where you turn five degrees to the left uh, at exactly the right time, and your back goes out. <laughs> so, oh, no. Um, basically, I was... <laughs> Looking at Luke going, if you want to kick me to the curb, I wholly understand because this is damaged goods right here. Just drags you out and just leaves you on the porch. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is I, I am the cashmere uh, sweater with the red dot. Yes. This is what I am. I look look fantastic and I'm a bargain. But also, yeah, there's stuff wrong with me. I'm, uh, I'm damaged goods. If you want to hear <laughs> our review of the red dot from Seinfeld, you can find that currently on our Patreon channel. All right, Mr. Davis, let's get into the seven beer snitch. This episode was very out there. But the, the the positive I thought that came from it was at least we got old school evil Burns, not pathetic, mm-hmm. you know, just moronic Burns that he seems to have become in yes, later seasons. He's just so old and decrepit. But there's just a few questions I have to ask. Do okay. they just not care about finishing B-plots anymore? That's a very good point because, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're clearly talking about... Did we get the name of that family? Do we just call them the Smoky family? No, nah, because nah, he says Mrs... Mrs. Somebody Bart does when we get to, I'll scroll through my notes. He does say her name. No, he comes up Baxter, with a, Mrs. Baxter. I think he says. I think if I go by memory. No, no, he um he comes up with a false name for the turtle and also for himself because he's looking at her because he can't come up with fake names off the off the uh, top of his top of his head. So he's like looking at her, going. No, he says here. I've got here in my notes. Bart yells back to her. Thanks, Mother Dexter. I'll be back tomorrow. Okay, well, clearly you're paying more attention than I was, even in your unwell state. <laughs> I missed that part. I guess I was just too taken with like, oh, man, look at all that lovely food that he's getting. Yes, I know, right? Uh, but yeah, so the, the story, B-plot being that Snowball 2, or the new Snowball 2, because the first one's dead by now, mm. she is um, going to someone else's house to get extra feeds. And um, I mean, why wouldn't you <laughs> if you get the food that, that's being offered at this place? But it doesn't get wrapped up. Is she, is she still going there? Yeah. Well, clearly at the end, I mean, it looks like uh, the, the Snowball 2 is actually coming back from a, an, an illicit rendezvous at House Dexter while, you know, Homer is on his way out to Moe's. Um, I would have I would have loved it if actually they sort of passed, if uh, the cat and Homer actually passed each other while going to the Dexter house, <laughs> like Homer was rocking up for food as well, as opposed to just going to Moe's. I mean, it wouldn't have been much of a resolution, but it would have felt like a little bit more of a resolution. I don't know, it, it, it's because they started like this little rivalry between the kids. Because the kids are like, well, mm. she's our cat now. She likes it better here, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. nothing, it doesn't go anywhere. But yeah, I mean, yeah. not to say it was better back in the day, but it was. Uh, <laughs> but you get the feeling that an, uh, an earlier episode of The Simpsons would have resolved that with some kind of either nice life lesson or, you know, they would have pulled a sneaky one and, you know, the Simpsons would have won over the Dexter family by some sneaky means. Yeah. yeah. But no, they just, just like me, when I go for a high five, they left me hanging. The other, thing, the other question I had was, if the prison is now filled with the workers of the power plant, who's working at the power plant? Maybe they're on day release. Maybe. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, overall, though, what did you think of you the gotta story? You've got to fill in the blanks. You got to, yeah. What did you think of the story of the seven beer snitch? I actually quite enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I mean, just because it was lo- it was low stakes, low impact. It was it was a snack of an episode, and I just had some fun with it. In all honesty, I mean, it's always fun when you have like a prison esque story or a prison film or something, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good prison story, <laughs> and uh, 
I don't know, the way they put it all together was actually kind of fun for me. I mean, the whole first act or first half act inciting incident where it's like, oh, no, uh, Springfield is just a, is a hick town full of uncultured rubes or whatever. You know, time to build this, uh, time to build this concert. Or, oh, wait, nobody likes it. Yeah, <laughs> that, was I, that was a really funny, funny twist, wasn't it? Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of our hometown of Geelong because back in the early 2000s, at least when I was working at the... Um, as a reporter for the paper down here, one of the huge stories was like, we're going to get a Guggenheim Art Museum. We were really pushing for it. And it's like, I don't know, guys, do we, do we really want that? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a good tourism thing, but... Uh, no one's going there. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be the cash cow that you think it is. I mean, you know, make the world's biggest McDonald's or something. That'll get, that'll get people... Sorry, this is why I'm not running things, because I don't come up with good ideas for getting people in. But, I know, I thought that was a really fun way to get into the episode. It felt very, like you're saying, 90s Geelong, where Geelong was no longer that old Sleepy Hollow. It was sort of on the verge of becoming, because right now it's becoming quite respectable. It's actually, people hang shit on Geelong now, they're still living in the mindset of 20 years ago. It's like, have you ever fucking fucking come to Geelong in the last 10 years, mate? You have no idea. Yeah. I mean, of course there are still areas. I mean, it's incredible that there is that line of demarcation. Yeah. Of between one side of Little Mallop Street, which is, you know, full of trendy eateries and yeah, cool bars. It's crazy, isn't and it? the other half, which is ice central. <laughs> but uh no, I mean, I don't want to sound, you know, silly stupidly optimistic or something like that, but I mean I really get a feeling that hey, Geelong, city on the grow. Yeah, it's like where 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 when 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 they say that Springfield on the grow. It's that's where Geelong <laughs> is right now. It really is sort of on like on the cusp of a few things. I mean, there's some we're getting that fucking world-class aquatic centre soon down the road here. Correct. There's a re- I don't know, I don't know if you call it a chain of restaurants, but there's the Mavita restaurants. There's one in Melbourne. There's one in Lawn, and they're going to be opening one in Geelong yeah. in that little Malab Street area. I mean, these are really good restaurants, and this is you know it's, it's a, a great sign of faith in the city that you know the guys who run these and and, and operate these places would open one in in, in G Town. There's a whole place that, there's a whole you know slew of new buildings that are being developed and things like that. There's a bit of turnaround from you know the demise of manufacturing to the um you know the rise of I don't know a different kind of culture. Sorry, we're not really talking about the Simpsons here. And this ends our our, our cell on moving <laughs> to Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> Four figure discount brought to you by the Geelong Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at our patron numbers are just plummeting. <laughs> but, okay, enough talking about Geelong. But yeah, I mean, it, it that's kind of what this uh, yeah opener reminded me of to some degree. And the whole bit with Frank Gehry. I mean, I'm not a huge architecture buff, but even I knew who Frank Gehry was. Well, I mentioned him on a, an episode probably about ten episodes ago. I, can't remember, I remember Homer says him something to Frank Gehry, but then they, they must have said mm-hmm. that and gone. Hey, he'd be a cool guy to get on the show. <laughs> well, his architecture is so distinctive. Yeah. Well, the, the Springfield, um, the what does he build? The um, the orchestra hall that would have yeah. that was based, you'd think, on the Walt Disney concert hall. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> but apparently he says, "Oh, I don't think he regrets being on the Simpsons, but I think he regrets some of the blowback because he had people coming up to him, scrunching up a bit of paper, saying, can you turn this into something?'" <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like that. Uh, who was that uh, Australian artist? She uh, Lisa, someone. She had that one dollar song. Oh, Lisa Mitchell. Lisa Mitchell. Yes, she had the the, the, the dollar song and the coin the, laundry. Yeah. Coin laundry, and everyone would throw one dollars at her at, at, during her gigs <sighs> oh. to the point where she would stop singing the song live because people kept throwing one dollar coins at her. And I'm just like, just put up a cage and keep the money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good song, by the way. Lisa Mitchell was actually a pretty good artist. Hey, my favorite. What were your favourite moments from the episode, Mr. Davis? I think you would have got a big kick out of Homer's tiny hat. Well, here's the thing. I, I know what it's from. Okay. But I'm not a I'm not a viewer of the show. You've never seen uh, Oz? The hat. No. Wow. No, because I, and I think I've talked about this on the show in the past. Before we be, before we go on, Homer wears his little hat. Uh, the hat is a shout out to a character named Adebisi, uh from uh, one of the original HBO shows before you know, it really sort of took off big with The Sopranos and Six Feet Under. They had a show called Oz, which was very... Uh, <laughs> Oz, Oz came up I, after The Sopranos started. Are you sure? 100%. I was watching it when I was in fucking university. Back in 2000. Could be wrong, though. Oz. Mm. Oz started... No, hang on. TV show. 
I will wager that it started in the late 90s, but okay. before... The 1997, you are correct, sir. Well, I'll be fucked. When did Soprano started? Start to flip. 99, I think? Well, sir, I will never question you again. I think I feel like we've had this discussion, this exact discussion before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I must have just been <laughs> late to the party. Yeah. Quite all right, dude. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, Oz, I think, kept more middle-class white dudes out of prison than anything else yeah. because um, you, you saw what would happen to you if you went to jail. Um, my buddy Anthony, uh, smarter than me when it comes to, to TV and, um, and and movies and things like that, but he, he's a big fan of Oz, and, he was, and I was like, I'm never watching Oz, it's too scary. And he would regale me with tales of what Anna BC would get up to. And I'm like, that just sounds nasty. I'm not watching it. So, um, Is it, I, I believe I believe it was Oz where the guy said, "Blood on my knife or shit on my dick" or something like something along those lines. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I think that was Schillinger played by the great J.K. Simmons, who's now you know everybody yeah. knows J.K. He was J. Jonah Jameson. Um, he was the yellow M&M. He was the he, voice of the yellow M&M. I believe he says, what did we learn, Palmer? There you go. And that's what he's from as well. <laughs> An Oscar winner for Whiplash, that fantastic movie. J.K. Simmons. But yeah, he played like this um, white supremacist who didn't... His notions of consent when it came to sex were, you know, iffy. <laughs> he just took what he wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was hearing about all these things about Oz, and I'm like, mm, I don't think I want to watch that. And also, I don't think I ever want to go to prison because I'd be a little snitch bitch. <laughs> but if you do want to see the wang of Elliot from Law and Order SVU, watch that show. That's true. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to recommend in Oz. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but hey, you that go guy, right That ahead. guy, by the way, is as scary in real life as he is on the show. Oh, Christopher Maloney? Yeah, mate. I saw him when we were, I've said this on the podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure if I told you, but I saw him when we were at the um, the World Trade Center, sort of not the heritage site, but the 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 um, the tribute center kind of thing. And he was just sort of standing there, and he could tell that I recognised him. And he just sort of gave me the side eyes, if to say, "Motherfucker, not the time or the place." And I was like, "I know, I know, you sir. Did. I wasn't, I wasn't like, going to. Don't do it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, um, he's like in his 60s now, but he is like incredibly ripped still. I think um, he did some ad for Peloton or something recently where it was just him naked, you know, uh, covering up his Oz parts, which he let run free in Oz. But they're like, how are you in such great shape? And so, oh, yeah, you've got <laughs> unlimited finance and unlimited time. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. Well, that is... Oh, I haven't got my favourite moments yet. I really enjoyed the... Um, oh, we haven't even discussed yours yet. We just discussed ours for <laughs> no, fucking 10 minutes. No, what were your favourite no, moments? I uh, look, I just like the Gary stuff very much. I love that his house itself was like Frank Gary design, just like weird angles and curves yeah. and whatever. But um, I don't know. I just the whole very niche gags about architecture. I was here for it. Um, I love that the even the orchestra, you know, when... Um, they had the opening night of the of the concert hall. They played da 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 da. They played you know Beethoven's Fifth. Everybody splits. It's like we've heard da 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 da. We don't need to hear anymore. As um, I think it's uh, I think it's Chief Wiggum who says, "Ah, the rash is just fella." <laughs> but then um, they say, "No, no, we're going to do some Philip Glass afterwards." And then everybody leaves, yeah. including the orchestra. And I was like, "But Phil- Philip Glass gives my favourite music for the Truman Show." I was about to say. There are no coincidences in life, Dando. No. Everything is connected because a few days ago, my man Brendan Nando and I talked about the Truman Show on the Movie Guys podcast, uh, available to uh, friends of Four Finger Discount. Uh, and what should uh, who should supply some mu- some music to the, the Truman Show? None other than Philip Glass. It's crazy oh, how it all way. connects all the time, isn't it? <laughs> Everything's connected all the time. It's the unified theory of Simpsons. Yes, and we're exactly. just a small part of that. Uh, I like that very, very much. And I know I'm going all in on Kent Brockman these days, but his stuff from the helicopter I thought was hilarious. Like, you may have heard of a laugh riot, but a prison riot? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. And then he's just being so, well, first of all, he's ratting out home of the rat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, is that big shape over there? Good luck, Blobby. Good luck, Blobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so marvellous. So, yeah, those are uh, some of my favourite bits from this episode. Dando, what were you, some of your favourites? I really enjoyed the hooting at, at Springfield on the Shelby Villains. Wasn't it great? It was so and it feels funny. like such a, yeah, it's such a regional thing as well. It's like something that you go to some foreign town or some, you know, new state or whatever, and it's like, Oh, they've got their own language and they've got their own way of doing things. You know, it's like you try to order a pot of beer. It's like, pot? 
nah, you want a schooner yeah. or something like that. Um, and, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't boo people, you hoot people. Mm, okay. And then when Homer joins in, hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> and I just really liked Homer's uh, his interview to become a prison guard. It's like, you've challenged me to a fight five times since we started. <laughs> Make it seven. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, Mr. David, it is time for some trivia. But before then, we're going to read out some shout-outs from our $20 patients. Kicking off with our newbie for this week, it is Mr. Pete Anderson. Also, we have Andrew Zer, Steamed Hand Champion Dylan Haggett, Jordan Moleman, Richie, Christopher Darby, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G., Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McManamy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Round of applause for oh, those people. Thank you so much, guys. Indeed. For and, your and a, shout, a shout out to Brendan Dando as well because his mouth is sore, but he gave us uh, every one of those only every one of those names. And may I? Give an Agent Smith shout-out to our new $20 patron, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I used to work with a man, you know the man, Roland Anderson. He used to hate being referred to as Mr. Anderson. <laughs> I, I used to go to the Limp Biscuit with him and call him Roland, 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 Roland. I used to say that all the time as well. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> he's probably glad neither of us worked there anymore. Oh, 100%. Yes, he's the reason we're not there. He's pushed us out the door. <laughs> Shout out to Roland. Uh, yes, we have um, also new members of the family. Shan killed Kenny, Sam Pappas, Shane Hogan, and Ryan Young. Thank you so much, guys, for joining the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon. And also shout out to our $100 patron, Mr. Elliot J from the Simpsons Index podcast, which we will be recording tomorrow night, our time, Mr. Davis. I'm not sure when it's going to be yeah. going live on the Simpsons Index, but we're going to be reviewing uh, the Colonel Homer episode. And episode one from season 34, where Homer tries to find the lost tortoise. So that's going to be available wait. very soon on the Simpsons Index podcast. So make sure you check out that. So thank you, Elliot J. All right, Mr. Davis, it's time for some trivia. My first question is, how many public golf courses does Shelbyville have? <laughs> Cross that off my list, because it's three. Correct. Uh, hopefully you'll get this one. But uh, when Quimby uh, decided to make a sacrifice to the sun... Uh, you saw on the front page of the paper on the wall what he was holding. What sort of sacrifice was it? I don't know. I wasn't, wasn't paying attention. It looked like he was holding two goats. Two goats. Okay. I was going to say goat, <laughs> but I thought, well, that's the obvious one. Uh, my next question <laughs> is, what requirements do you must you have to be a prison guard or to apply for the job? Uh, you must know PowerPoint and yep. sadism. Correct. <laughs> um, the, last, the very last show of the concert hall was a night with who? Ah. Oh. Um, can I cheat? You can. I do have the notes there somewhere. Uh, David Brenner. David Brenner. Stand-up comedian, I believe. Yeah. And my final question is, what was Tatum's childhood gang called? They were the Galactic Mystery Solvers. Yes, they were indeed. Watching an episode of season 34 last night. Tatum has a new voice now, a new voice actor. And so does Sideshow <gasps> Mel. And you would think Marge does as well, but she doesn't. Just Julie Cavanagh's voice is shot to a million <laughs> still, pieces. It's still jolly. Hibbert uh, has a new voice. Yeah, they've all got new voices. It's, it's sort of like, oh, okay. I'm, I, I know this is the right way to do things. It just takes a bit to get used to, though. Yeah. Okay, then. What I will, uh, what I will I, say, though, is season 34, It's almost. it seems to me like they've gone, all right, enough with jerk-ass Homer. It's like a full good. 180 to what we're getting in season 16. It's. It's. I'm not sure whether they started doing it earlier, but... Homer is nothing like what you get in season sixteen. It's it's actually quite impressive. It's it's good. Well, that that's good news. Would you like another question? I would. Hit me with one more. Okay. What type of LSD does Otto slash Homer have in his system? Not sure what. It's a Mac three LSD. Mac three LSD. You you know about yeah. your LSDs. Is that the good kind or the bad kind? Uh, <laughs> first of all, I don't think it's an actual kind. And secondly, I've never done LSD. Okay. Um, I've uh. I've done mushrooms, uh, which is like the natural alternative, man. Describe what actually happens when you take mushrooms. Well, I took a relatively low dose, but you got a, you know, a general sense of sort of well-being, a heightened awareness of the world uh, around you. In what um, sense? I don't know. Things just become a bit more vivid. 
Okay. Uh, your attention span becomes a bit more sort of focused. This is what I found anyway. Life becomes 8K all of a sudden? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I spent... Uh, <laughs> uh, it was the visual equivalent of a super set of songs about clouds. Because it was... Uh, <laughs> It was a night. It, it, the, the sky was full of clouds. The one, the first time that I took them, and I would just sat out at, at the back of the backyard um, in a comfortable chair, looking up at the sky. It's like there's some really impressive cloud structures, man. <laughs> um, but also, you know, got a bit of a psychological and emotional reset. This is a term that you will hear a lot from people who occasionally do mushrooms. I got a greater sense of my place in the world and the world and. A sense of the connectivity of all things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like the world is one big thing, and we're all all a part of it. You're not separate from it; you're part of it. And you know that's like that sounds like a very obvious thing to say, but you get a greater sense of awareness, or I certainly did at least. And you did these last night? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Last night I just got uh, I just got super high on dope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, on that note, we're going to go take a short break because I need to have a drink of water and blow my nose and refresh myself so we can get into our in-depth review of the 7 Beer Snitch. But right now, here's that short break. Happy Halloween, everybody! We here at Four Finger Discount love the spooky season, and to celebrate, we're offering our loyal listeners an amazing Halloween special. Woohoo! For the next 10 days, you guys can get access to our Guy on Springfield review of Trias of Horror 6, my personal favourite. Do not touch Willie. Good advice. The latest episode of Tales of Futurama. Single female lawyer having lots of sex. Our movie guys review of The Truman Show. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. The Guy and Dando commentary of The Simpsons movie. As well as lifetime access to our incredible Four Finger Discount Facebook community. Yes, yes, oh God, yes. And you can do so by just being a $1 supporter of Four Finger Discount on Patreon. Just one single dollar we do to support the show and you'll get access to hours of bonus podcasts. So go on, support your pals Guy and Dando and join the Four Finger Discount Patreon family today at patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. They'll buy anything. The original air date of The Seven Beer Snitch was April 3rd, 2005. It was written by Bill Odenkirk and directed by Matthew Nestuck. It guest starred Frank Geary, as you said, and also Charles Napier returned. Yeah. As the officer and, you know, Joe himself as Fat Tony. We've got to try and get Joe on one of these days. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure we can make it happen. We've got Matt Salmon coming up this Thursday, though, so exciting times ahead. That is ahead. correct. <laughs> All right, so the episode kicks off, Mr. Oh, no, we've got the chalk gag, haven't we? No, not, was there a chalk gag and a couch gag? No chalk gag, gag, but a couch gag. Yes, the, um, the roasting spit on the skewers. That's right, the family the, the roasting spit. The episode kicks off with the family walking into the Shelbyville Merchandise Mile. And it says their street performers won't bother you anymore. Have you ever been bothered by a street performer? Not by a street performer, but certainly by those, um, what do they call them, chuggers? I think that was the, that actually, ask Nicola about that. I think that might be an English term for them, but charity huggers. They won't hug you, but they will come up and, mate, how you doing? Do you want to save the planet? And it's like, do I? <laughs> but not by talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, they're very, as opposed to, sign this petition. They're like, how's it going today, mate? You having a good day? Uh, That's that's my impression of Ben Mendelsohn. How you doing, mate? Doing all right? You haven't been talking to the cops, have you? I I, I must just look like a pigeon because whenever I walk past those stalls in like Market Square and everything where they're trying to sell you something, they see me and they go, how's it going? And now I always always just use the excuse, wife's upstairs with a kid, just shit itself. I've got to take nappies up there. That's funny you mention that because I always say, I'm sorry, I just shit myself. I've got to go to it. <laughs> and they, they back right off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they go to the theatre district. Lisa wants to go there anyway. And Bart doesn't want to, so they compromise. We'll go see a play that Lisa doesn't want to see. And <laughs> I got a huge laugh out of Lisa's, yeah? Yeah. Then Marge reads bit, through bit all the different shows. Man. So do, do you remember what the shows were that were playing? Um, it was Equus starring Sideshow Mel, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, th- the $3 bills in Gay, 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 uh, yep. because there's that saying, Gay is a $3 bill. And I don't know, what else. was there any others other than before the, they went to the Song, song, of, song, Shelbyville? song of Shelbyville, which is what they go and see. Yeah. Uh, they, and they, I quite enjoyed the Shelbyville song. I thought it's all, they always do a good job of the stage shows on The Simpsons, I feel. They really do. I think there's a lot of, not frustrated theatre kids, but uh, I think there's a lot of theatre nerds. 
in the uh, in the writers' room at Simpsons HQ. Uh, yeah, and this was a really good one, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that sort of made you go. I think Shelbyville might actually have the edge over Springfield in a lot of ways. Oh, they one hundred percent do. Yeah, and then Springfield Billy rocks up. They all start hooting at him. I would love if people from Melbourne did that to us. I wouldn't care. Oh, <laughs> just you know, show them the Premiership Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Why look, it's Springfield Billy. <laughs> What are you doing here in Shelbyville? I came here for the legalized gambling. But Springfield Billy, we don't have legalized gambling here. Sure you do. I saw a bumper sticker that said free to bet. (laughs) (gasps) They're saying Springfielders are stupid hicks. It's like looking in a mirror. What's a mirror? That's a big city word for reversifying glass. Oh. That show was hilarious. That Springfield Billy cracks me up. For your information, Springfielders can be intelligent and articulate. I happen to know because we're from Springfield. Springfielders? Oh. Oh my. Oh yes, the oh my man, yes. You're from Springfield? Oh my. Hand of the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> so good. We're now at the Springfield Cultural Activities Board, and they're saying that they need to upgrade the image of Springfield, you know, because at the moment people think that we're, we're the town is afraid of eclipses. <laughs> I've got to kick out of that. Moses suggests they steal people's coats, and Marge's like, what? why do you even come to these meetings? Free water. Then Marge suggests the architect Frank Geary, and you should build a concert hall. I love the cut to the magazine uh, cover. With the headline, so good it's scary. Bill, 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 Bob, Bill. Snoopy stationary. Dear Mr. Gary, would you please build a concert hall for our town? We may not be the biggest city or the prettiest, but we were the first city in America to abandon the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> and he shows off the design to town and then Marge he says I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for that letter from that little girl she's like that was me you wrote I was the bestest architect in the world aren't you <laughs> I thought it was very that was very Marge it was sweet it, it was but at the same time I was like oh no Homer's rubbing off on Marge yeah that's true way. the only thing is we heard her because he was reading the letter and we got the monologue of her letter she doesn't stay, say that in the letter Unless it was later on the letter that after he scrunched it up, I don't know. I no, I, yeah. I think if I didn't notice that, I, I was like, "There's something not quite right here." And there you go. Thank you for pointing that out. So then, this is where the the, the mayor says, well, "All in favour of a thirty million dollars? Screw you to Shelbyville. You can guarantee there's been towns that have done this just to try and be better than the town next to them." Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, particularly in you know regional towns that have like art galleries or something. I mean. I don't want to disrespect Bendigo because it's not a bad place, but Bendigo's got like got this reputation as a bit of an arty town. I'm like, really? Where'd that come from? <laughs> but clearly, it was like, we're sick of you people thinking we're just you know some dump on the outskirts. You know, we're going to fancy things up a bit. And to their credit, it actually has worked. So yeah, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't be surprised if it started with like, yeah, we're sick of people thinking we're hicks. So they're building the hall, and the bullies are riding their skateboards around the design, and annoying Frank Geary. He's not a fan of it at all. Marge and Homer are getting ready for the opening night, and this is where we see Snowball 2 for the first time on the new one, as I said, uh, sleeping mm-hmm. on Homer's pants, and she's very fat, and Bart dangles a string to get her off, and she can't even do that. She's just <laughs> too overweight, and they're like, what's going on here? That's weird. And you're like, okay, well, that's going to be a story. But now at the opening night, and everyone leaves after the intro, as you said, after the da-da-da-da. It's true, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do the rest of Beethoven. Is it fifth? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the fifth, yeah, but imagine... That's what everyone remembers, right? That's that's the iconic sound. Once that's happened, you'd be sitting there going, oh, fuck, it's over. That's it? 
I'm, I'm just imagining like a, a very old school crowd at a Beethoven concert when Beethoven was actually alive. And he's like, no, I'm going to do some new stuff. No, do the classics. Just keep playing. Do, 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 do. do, do the fifth. Yeah, it's like with Buckman Turner Overdrive. It's, Be- it's Beethoven Turner Overdrive. Don't even do the whole thing. Just go da 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 da. Cut to work in overtime. <laughs> that was a very good moment. Poor old Beethoven's just like, oh man. <laughs> what episode was that? I can't remember that. Like some sort of town fair or something, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Oh. Yeah. What, what was it? Take no care new, of business. No new crap. Just Pardon? the hits. Yeah. <laughs> no new crap. Just the hits. Uh, but and Lenny points out, so it sounds better on my cell phone. And they're all just racing off March. He's like, no, no, don't go anywhere. And they point out, <laughs> next is going to be an atonal medley from Philip Glass, as you said. And then the, the fucking orchestra race off. And I was like, what did Philip Glass ever do to you guys? Yeah, and Philip Glass is great. Gave you the fucking treatment show soundtrack. What are you talking about? Yeah. Then we get the signs, tickets half price, triple X movies all day, then an evening with David Brenner. And can I just say, <laughs> it hurts to speak right now. <laughs> I am struggling, I'm, I'm, listeners. I am struggling. I am sorry. I'm a, li- I'm a little short as well. So if I start sounding like Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the reason. But it's full of local references today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to think it's part of part of our job to sort of you know bring Geelong and by extension Australia to the world. Yeah. So we're now at a town meeting. They're trying to work out what are we going to do because we're now broke. And I love how the, the Quimby blames everybody else. It's like, dude, you signed off on this shit. So he asked for new names for the town. And have you noticed whenever he says now, what are your ideas? It's always Lenny, Carl, and Barney. They're always the three characters. Right. I'm not sure yeah. whether that's a deliberate shtick or whether they just don't mm. realize they're using the same three characters. I would like to think they, they're doing it as a recurring gag. But uh, Mr. Burns then arrives know. and says he's here to provide some assistance. Uh, he says he will assume the debt and he'll turn it into a prison. Well, he doesn't say that at this point. He goes, give me the, um, the building and I'll assume the debt. And they're like, yep, cool. Clean slate, whatever. So not our problem. He turns it into a prison and the Shelbyville people drive by and hoot. <laughs> they're all very sort of 1920s college boys in the jalopy, you know, with the, they have little flags that say Shelbyville. They do. I'm not sure it says Shelbyville. Uh, I wish it said or hoot. Much. That would have been funnier. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about flags. But I think it did say uh, Shelbyville. I think you're right. But hoot, 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 hoot. Homer is now auditioning for the prison guard position. You've challenged me to a fight six times since the interview started. Make that seven. And then we get Otto here. And I was like, Otto, you asshole. Like, Homer actually, this is the thing. Homer gets screwed over in this episode. Mm. He did not have any drugs in his system, but Otto switches samples with, with Homer. And Bird says he hasn't seen this many drugs in a wang since he ran a Chinese opium den. And Homer's like, my body is a temple. It smokes a slab of butter. Smokes a stick of butter. Yeah, good on you. Um, uh, look, it's, it's, it's not cool of me to say, but I, I did think that drugs in a wang joke was actually pretty good. Uh, and then Homer gets dragged out. He says, you mis- he misread my pee. Misread my pee. <laughs> pee. Bart and Lisa are now trying to work out what's going on with Snowball 2. And they realise that because they follow her. They realise that she's sneaking food someplace else. Oh, actually, they haven't gone there yet. They, 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 well, they, they assume that. They're going to follow her. And they're like, should we first work out what's going on with Santa's little helper? He's just flying a little plane around. Ah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later. I think it's a bit of a Snoopy shout out, isn't that it? That is because a Snoopy shout out, yes. Snoopy was always fighting the Red Baron. Well, Snoopy, uh, you know, Snoopy stationary. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. Double up the Snoopy references. <laughs> Everything's coming together. <laughs> there you are, Smokey. Snowball 2 has another family. This is worse than when we thought Mom was having an affair. Turned out she was just going to the library to cry. Now she just bottles up her misery like a normal mom. Don't cut so close to the bone, Simpsons. The prison is now losing money. They need more convicts. And Wiggum suggests they enforce some all forgotten laws. This is actually, I really enjoyed this. So he pulls out the, the loony laws, silly statutes and wacky war crimes. <laughs> and the, uh, this is good. So... It now be illegal to be hatless during daylight hours. Burns and Quibby just randomly pull out a pirate hat and shit out. <laughs> and Smithers can't find anything. Oh, Smithers, Smithers, if I didn't arrest you that night at the park, I'm not going to arrest you now. Homer's now pouting down the street because he didn't get the job. And the cops are watching him. They're like, all right, we're going to arrest him for the kicking the can five times because it's going to be what? Um, 
transporting litter, I think, illegally transporting litter. Illegally transporting litter. A, a law from 1911, I believe. Okay. He kicks it four times, runs back in the shot, kicks it. That's a hard five. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to jail, kicky mantle. <laughs> yeah. And they give it the CSI treatment. Lots of flash and no meaning. <laughs> ah, that's the stuff. Homer is getting washed down by by the guard. Is it the guard? Who, who, Charles Napier, who did he play? Officer. I thought he played the warden, but clearly he's a very hands-on warden because he's- No, the warden, was, the warden is um, Burns. It says warden on his table. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess he's the head guard. Because Charles Napier says officer. It says officer Crackney. I guess he's officer. I don't know. I guess. But yeah, he's washing down Homer. And Snake attempts an escape, which would have worked. Sliding down the um down the roof and he lands in the garbage <laughs> truck. And Homer thinks he's helping, so he points it out. He's like, you did the right thing by squealing on that guy. I wasn't squealing. I was trying to help him. And you offer him to be a full-time rat. I mean, eating cheese and gnawing through electrical cords. I really, <laughs> that, that joke I didn't really care much for. I really liked the, the eyebrow wriggle, though. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the gif of the Millhouse eyebrows? Have you seen that gif before? Mm. Seeing Homer do that, I don't know, it's it got a good chuckle out of it. And he tells Burns that he doesn't want to be a snitch. Mr. Burns, I've thought about it, and I don't want to be a snitch. It's not an honourable life. No, no, there are perks, a private sale, extra dessert, and this adorable little hat. Well, I am a sucker for a little hat. So, we have an agreement? Well, I don't know. But it's the only way you'll survive in here. Well, I would like to survive long enough to see the effects of global warming. I've got an inside tip that it's all a bunch of crap. Okay, you found your snitch. Excellent. Now, what have you got for me? Homer Simpson has become a snitch. (laughs) Tell me something I don't know. Sometimes I go to the movies alone. I go to the movies alone. I was like, I've done that before. Is Is that all that bad? It's not a bad thing at all. Should I be embarrassed? No. I like to go to the movies without my kids. I like to go with Nicola, obviously, but if it's a movie Nicola's not interested in, we'll save the money there because you won't be interested anyway. I've got a movie that I enjoy. No kids. I go at like 10 o'clock on a Thursday because there'll be no one else in the fucking cinema. I can just enjoy the movie on the big screen. That's how That's how I envision a cinematic experience these days. What about you? Oh, very much so. The last couple of movies that I've been to have been with uh, the lovely Louise and the kids. Uh, but no, I, used to, I, mean, I used to go to the movies uh, all the time by myself. Fantastic. You yeah, know, get yourself a get yourself a comfortable chair, spread out. You know, just enjoy the show. You know, and it's not like, hey, honey, it's date night. Let's go see Blade or something like that. It's like no one else wants to go see. Well, a lot of people should want to go see Blade, but like, I mean, Blade's just for me. I want to go and watch Blade. Homer's now in the shower with um with Dredrick Tatum. He shows off his gang tattoos <laughs> for the GMS Galactic Mystery Solvers. And the only mystery we couldn't solve was not how to grow up. <laughs> oh, by the way, we forgot Homer's line about, I've got a line on global warming. I think it's a big hoax. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's, th- those jokes are so old. I mean, this is old. This episode is 20 years old, you know. But, yeah. Uh, Lenny and Carl then drop off a plasma TV for Homer. You know, it's, it's a gift from your mother. My mother? Oh, that mother. Tell him thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's sort of over listening going, why is this guy getting a fucking TV? Then Tatum gets taken to solitary confinement. Lisa then confronts the kids who are patting Snowball too. Ew, Smokey, you've got that awful smell on you again. Hey, that's the smell of her real family, the Simpsons. And for your information, our walls have a bunch of dead raccoons in them, but we are saving up the money to find them. Well, whatever. Smokey's our cat. <laughs> Smokey, stay! Now back here. Snowball does tricks. Sure. Come on, Smokey. Do your Smokey shuffle. Well, I don't care what you say. She still loves us more, don't you, Snowball? And they really develop like a storyline here that just does not go anywhere. That just stops. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting some sort of like. Pick us or pick them, kind of scene or something. Which which you had, but I mean, it wasn't a resolution bit. It was just a a, a, a joke bit. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Also, yeah, the the, the did you say Baxter, uh, Dexter, Baxter. or Baxter? Baxter, Baxter. The Baxter kids were annoying. They were very annoying. Yeah, you you wanted them to get their comeuppance, and they don't seem to get it. But yeah. he does the the uh, snowball. She does the smoky shuffle, and she chooses her new family. 
know, you toy with my heart like it was a, well, she toyed with my heart like it was a toy heart. But I was just like, so is she just going to be doing this forever now? There was no ending. It was, it was bizarre. Well, enough about that anyway. Fat Tony then wants everyone to find who the rat is. I got, I know who the rat is. It's this guy. I'm not a rat. I'm a pigeon. Pigeon. <laughs> Thought you were the mole. <laughs> Very rich lexicon. <laughs> Ooh, a Tiffany's box. And the thing inside is from Tiffany's. Homie, you've never done this before. How'd you afford it? Well, if you really must know, <laughs> I'm a prison snitch. <gasps> Haven't you seen what happens to people who rat in prison movies? Sure, they're on top of the world, then there's a big riot scene, then I don't know, I usually doze off. The prison snitch is killed! And that could be you! Because you're the prison snitch! <gasps> what are you dubs looking at? You never seen Bling Bling before? The kids didn't try to work out what's so special about this new house. So Bart goes there and he arrives with the fake turtle story. He says he's lost a turtle in the um, in the basement, I believe. It's called <laughs> Shoes Butt Back. Meanwhile, Snake gives the fake tip off to um to Homer about the jailbreak. So he goes straight away to tell the boss. Bart then takes ages in the house and Lisa's going, "What on earth is going on?" And he returns full of treats from Mrs. Baxter or Mrs. Dexter. Yes. I said I said Baxter it was Dexter. You're right. Okay, <laughs> but you got a piece of cake in one hand. He's got like a, what looks like an ice cream sundae in another. Got a pocket full of biscuits, cookies. So much, so much sweets. Uh, she, he says she, she, he'll be back tomorrow, and Lisa's like, "Ah, oh, well, there you go. That's the reason why." <laughs> then every single guard is outside waiting for the prisoners to escape. And meanwhile, we hear "Kill the Rat" being chanted in the background. Homer can't hear that because he's wearing his headphones for his TV, which I thought was quite funny. Uh, and he takes it off. Oh, maybe they'll tie themselves out with the chant, and then they don't. They all get out. I, I think it's Louis here says, I call the balls of his feet. And I was like, oh, no. Like if, you, if you know you're in this situation like Homer's in right now, I can't think of anything worse. Like, what do you think would be worse? Knowing you're about to be beaten to death by a riot, by a riot of, of, mm-hmm. of, like a big group of people, or like an, impede, an um, impending shark attack. Like, what do you think would be worse? Uh, riot. Riot gang. They would just want to punish you. The shark would just kill you instantly, basically. No, yeah. I could beat up a shark. You could beat up a shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw some video the other day of a shark just sort of like attacking a camera. I'm just like, it's like moments before death kind of kind of shit. I'm just like, I couldn't imagine True. being in, a, in the water where there's a great white shark near me. Oh. I know. But the funniest thing I saw, well, the funny thing I saw the other day, I was about to say, the funniest thing I ever saw, but not, not quite. But um, it was a little cartoon about public impression of sharks. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, Actual actual shark kills maybe six or seven people a year, um, and then public impression of um, a hippo. Oh, it's a cute little uh, uh, river puppy. <laughs> actual <laughs> actual hippopotamus kills like three to five thousand people a year on its own continent alone. Does it really? Yeah. Holy shit! Oh yeah, hippos are fucking wild, man. We, when I when I went to Africa about ten years ago. Uh, and the resort we were staying at was sort of wildlife adjacent. You know, they weren't warning us about, you know, we could hear lions and elephants, and an elephant actually walked past the big glam tent that I was staying in. I said, no, you don't have to worry about those. If you see a hippo, just get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Just run. Yeah. Hippos are the real, the scary ones. (laughs) He calls Marge, he says, I did what I had to do to survive through the eyes of a, a French monarch. And he, he he gets the um the moped I believe it was and he's trying to get away on his moped and he mm-hmm. flies off the edge. Then we get the Brockman news report that you said you loved oh so much and they're using the Thermocan three thousand. We got a massive blub hiding in the kitchen area. Good luck, blubby. Brockman, <laughs> very funny. Margin enters with the concert hall key, which I thought okay that's a nice touch. At least you explained how Marge got in there because she had the key yeah. to, the, um, to the concert hall. And so in fact Tony says hey look. We're going to kill him. And look, it's his wife, who sometimes drives my son home from school. Oh, you must be Michael's father. <laughs> we haven't had that episode yet, have we? Not that I recall, no. Yeah, there's an, there's an episode where they uh, Bart becomes friends with a boy and mm-hmm. turns out to be Fat Tony's son, oh. named Michael. I don't think we've had it yet. I remember watching it when it first aired. I feel like I would have remembered if we reviewed it. Yeah, I, no, I, I'd recall that. I would absolutely recall. That. Must be coming up. Yeah, maybe they they like this gag so much they just turn it into a into a story. That would make sense. They then bail into the gas chamber to get away from everybody, and Marge makes him look into the the faces of all the men whose lives he's made worse 
by writing on them. And he says, can I snitch in my heart and say that I love you? And I was like, oh, don't try and go for the emotional beat. Come on, guys. Yeah, this is not the time nor the place. But no. uh, it's, it, it, it's appreciated, but at the same time, it's like, eh, that's not helping. <laughs> they load up uh, the, the, the prison with tear gas. <gasps> tear gas, my one weakness. And then Governor Bailey makes his re- her return. Governor Bailey, do you remember Governor Bailey? I'm going, yay, but then no, I don't recall this character. <laughs> Governor Bailey's from the, the the Three-Eyed Fish episode. That's who Burns is going up against, the political game. Oh, 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 oh. There you go. Yeah. What a, what a, what a callback. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a scoop. And, and I think it's from that episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that, no, no, what a scoop's from the um, the teddy bear episode, Bobo. Rose it Bunny. is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, T.A. Very nice. What a scoop. <laughs> Let's just guard down for a second. What a scoop. Oh, I don't know why that. I just love that so much. But it, 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 yeah, that's hilarious. Because this, this, this evil man lets his guard down for one second. <laughs> and it's a paparazzi ready to go. But Mr. Burns says, I'm going to make these writers regret their folly. Maybe we should just let these guys go. Maybe, maybe offer them a pardon. I was like, do not offer these guys a pardon. That would be stupid. No. And thankfully she doesn't. <laughs> she um she says, since there's no room in the prison that you guys came from now, I'm assuming there's now more convicts in those ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she releases them all to a garbage barge with our bare knuckle box until there. We, we have one king of the floating hell. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the plot of a, of a Van Damme movie at some stage. It seems like that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Homer is now in bed with Marge and he says, hey, he missed watching her sleep. As she goes to sleep, he tiptoes out. He's going to go to Moe's. This is where he bumps into Snowball 2. I won't tell if you don't tell. I, was, uh, I know they're going for the ending of, okay, well, the cat's on the way back. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. that's not an ending to the story, though. It's not. No, there's no resolution. No resolution Which at all. Is- no, exactly. And this is not even the end of this episode because they've got a deleted scene, I guess. Uh, what was it? Um, Over the... Closing credits, which I've written down deleted scene why, and it's, honestly, it's so forgettable that I've forgotten it. I think it's something with Bart. Turns out it's a, it's a, um, it's a resolution to the second story. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I'm going to have a look now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I should I probably should have written more information about it, which is like, what's the point of this? <laughs> okay, so I just looked it up. So it's the Homer walking in, thinking that the building's burning down, but no, he fell asleep watching the Towering Inferno. Yeah, that's it. Get rid of these cutscenes. They're adding nothing to the story. If they weren't good enough to go into the main story, stop putting them into the credits. I think they're like, these newfangled DVDs have got deleted scenes on them. People love added value. <laughs> let's put some deleted scenes in the episodes. No, let's no, not. No, thanks. Uh, deleted scenes for me, unless it's like an alternate ending or something, are usually for me, they're, they're deleted for a reason. Yeah, I was just about to say exactly the same thing. Yeah, the title of it might sound good. And then you watch it and you go... That wasn't very good. It's like, that's why it was deleted. Deleted, yeah, because it didn't fit into the big picture. Yeah, exactly. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Uh, then when it comes to uh, talking about stoolies, the Mafia does indeed have a very rich lexicon. They do indeed. And I learned that themed stationery is always a key to somebody's heart. <laughs> good point. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 16. The current leaderboard stands at this. In first position, we have a two-way tie. Luke McKay and Philip Hawkins on 16 points. In second position, D.L. Gorman on 14 points. And in third position, we have Heath Appleby on 7 points. Take it away. May I just say, holy guacamole, some good new titles for the Seven Beers Snitch. Mm. Um, some honourable mentions, quite a few honourable mentions, may I say. Um, Cops and Dobbers, for example. That goes to our man, Philip Hawkins. Philip J. Oh, Hawkins. Fly high, Philip J. Um, Snitchy Rich. That also goes to our man, Philip Hawkins. <laughs> oh, come up with the winners. Squeal or no squeal. Mark Boston Burgess coming through with the goods there. Hey, hey. And also Smokey and the Halfwit. That is also Mark Boston Burgess right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but let's get to points. Let's do we? it. What was the one and point? This is similar to one that got an honorable mention, but it's just a tiny bit better. Sorry, Philip J. Um, snitches get riches. That one point goes through to Billy Fox. Well done, Billy. 
Ah, uh, the fox on the run. Nice one, mm-hmm. Billy. Uh, two points. <laughs> I really like this one. Uh, Fulsome Prison Blues. That is Philip J. Hawkins. So Philip J. Hawkins gets honorable mention and some two points. So that puts him <laughs> two points clear now on top of the, of the leaderboard as it currently stands. But we still have three well points done. to come. Well done, Hudson Hawkins. Um, by the way, I actually had to look this up, but so forgive me if I'm being a bit of mansplaining here. Fulsome means big, or mm-hmm. yes. So, and that's Homer. <laughs> so there we yes. go. Uh, three points go to. It's a bit of a bit of a shout out, bit of a classic. Homer at the Rat. Oh, very good throwback there. <gasps> I did not expect this to happen at all. The three points <laughs> this week. Phil J. Hawkins is currently two points ahead of Luke McKay. And he is four points ahead of D.L. Gorman. The three points goes to Fergus Jeffs. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, Fergus Jeffs. The patented Dando Swifty. Yeah, so Fergus Jeffs now moves up to five points, but Billy Fox sees himself on six points. But the leaderboard, now we have Philip Hawkins outright on top, 18 points, just two points ahead of... Of Luke McKay on second and D.L. Gorman. They are in third position on 14 points. They're still very close at the top of that leaderboard. So keep sending your new names in, guys. And if you want to be part of the new name championship, just going to be a four-finger discount patron where for as little as $1 per month, you get access to the Facebook group, a bonus podcasts, and much, much more. All right, Mr. Davis, wow. that's enough about the new names. It's time for some mailbag. Mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! All right, this first question here, Mr. Davis, comes from Harrison McClure. Harrison says, what job would you get if you went to prison? He's been told by numerous sources that barbers don't get touched by anybody in prison, so doing time no longer scares him. Ah, that's interesting. Okay, then. I'd like to be a chef. I feel like, I feel like if you are the chef and you are, if you have a, a good meal that everyone, everyone enjoys, Everyone's then it's going to keep you safe. That's a good idea. Look, my first instinct is I'd be the librarian. <laughs> um, but... Like a Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Librarian is like, hey, here's a good book for you. And you open it up and it's got like a, you know, a couple of joints in it. It's in some hollowed out pages. Yeah. Uh, or I'd be the prison tattoo artist. You reckon you, you, is that sort of a, um, uh, a career that you never really took up that you've always wanted to? Or No, I think I'd, <laughs> I think I would take it up in prison. <laughs> and yeah. I'd probably fuck it up to begin with. But, you know, I'd practice on, on low level gimps and, um, and, uh, and punks. And before I work my way up to like you know putting teardrops on uh, on gang members and uh, and um, mass murderers, someone gets a tattoo. You're doing it. It's like such as live. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no regrets. <laughs> yeah. Brian Hughes asks, how do Aussie parents teach kids? I think it says kids, it says kinds, but it says teach kids about snitching. In the, his world, it is fine. It is a fine line to teach kids to be honest and helpful, but also to shut the fuck up when the cops come around to ask questions. Basically, cops are your friends when you need them, less so when they need you. Um, I'm always helpful to police. I don't feel like Brian Hughes is from Australia. <laughs> I always use my... <laughs> the line I always use when talking about myself and the authorities, y'all don't know what it's like being male, middle class and white. Um, yeah, so <laughs> they're fine to me. Uh, um, I think when it comes to like general like playground snitching, though, it's like four words, nobody likes a dobber. No. So police, to me, teachers are different to police. If if you're keeping your schoolmates out of trouble and your little... What my mum used to say, little white lie. She said, mm. there's a difference between a lie and a little white lie. If a little white lie keeps everyone happy and prevents someone from being embarrassed or hurt, then it's okay to tell a little white lie. But do yes. not lie if it means that someone is going to be hurt as a result. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know if it was, um, I don't know if this is related, but I'm recalling... I think it was a scene from one of Chris Rock's stand-up specials where he's talking about how, you know, you got people who went to jail because they refused to rat out on their friends. I'm going to rat out. I'm not going to fucking jail. (laughs) I'm rat out. I'll rat out anybody. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) It's like I don't give a fuck about. um, Yeah, I got I got credit on the street because I did you know five years in jail for someone else. Fuck that. No. That's always been my mentality. I'm like. No, no, if it means I'm not going to prison, I'm fucking snitching, mate. <laughs> uh, Georgia Catherine says, what have you guys snitched about which you either still feel guilty about or are glad that you did? Alternative, alternatively, who snitched on you but you're still that you're still filthy about? Um, I don't know if this counts as snitching. It sort of does. 
years and years and years ago, uh, my best friend JP, he went overseas for like three months with his parents. This is when we were at uni. Uh, and he was seeing this lovely girl named Penny. Uh, but not long before um, JP got back, Penny kissed another guy. Now, oh, no. I don't think it actually went anywhere, but, and you know, all of Penny's friends were like, don't tell JP about it. <laughs> but of course I told JP about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just figured he, well, he deserved it. No, because uh, motherfucker, if, if he had a kiss another girl when she was away, those friends would have all been like, that motherfucker. Well, like, no, well, it, works exactly. both, it works both ways, ladies. I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's right. So, uh, but I had a big crush on one of Penny's friends and she didn't want anything to do with me after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that is the end of the mailbag for- uh, <laughs> Forever. Was, yes. What was this called? The, uh, the Seven Beer Snitch. Next week, we are going to be reviewing the episode Future Drama, which I took notes for mm. today. Very disappointed. This is not the Simpsons Futurama crossover episode. Boo. I thought it was, and I'm watching it going, oh, this is going to be so exciting. And I got about 10 minutes in, and I was like, where the fuck's the Futurama? <laughs> and then I realized that that episode is in season 26. So I think what we need to do is do a skip forward review of that episode, and our patrons can get our access to that. What do you think? Well, it sounds like more work, but I'm happy to do it. <laughs> yes. Simpsons Futurama crossover special. Uh, I think it was called Simpson Rama. It's going to be coming on our Patreon channel in the coming weeks. So look out for that as well. Don't forget, guys, please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way for us to boost up that algorithm. And leaving a, a review is also really, really, really helpful so people can get a proper insight into why you like the show. If you're listening on Spotify, just chuck us five stars. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. And don't forget, if you want to save 10% off your entire order at Uncle Rico, use the code Four Finger, one word, F O U R F I N G E R, Four Finger, at checkout. And you will save 10% across your entire order at UncleRico.com. All right, Mr. Davis, next week we're going to be doing future drama. This has been the Seven Beer Snitch. Any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Hoot, hoot. Shh.